0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic signed Swiss striker Albion Ayeti on a four year deal Rangers top the table after a 3-0 win at home to St Johnston And players will now be punished for breaching coronavirus guidelines With hearts told to stop their return to training I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight Gordon DL and Roger Hanna And it's big ban Thursday in Clyde Super Scoreboard tonight Gordon, Celtic and Aberdeen banned from playing each other on Saturday <coughs> Players warned they face bans for breaching Covid-19 rules Hearts, another lower league club Banned from training And after being spotted Sunbathing in shorts And trainers Outside the Clyde studios This afternoon The fashion police Have banned Gordon Dale From getting out Dressed like this You, you can't get away With anything In this industry now But uh, No worrying times I think the government Have stamped down Clamped down Everything Gordon Putting out a strong message Disappointing for Hearts Massive club Been told to stop training And all the lower league clubs Of, of course uh, So we have been warned We really need Need to make sure that we don't do anything from that yellow card to go to a red. It's a busy day though, Roger, because a significant signing for Celtic and of course the fallout from three big games last night as well. Yeah, um, I think Celtic needed a bit of good news, Gordon. Um, and a five million pound centre forward to new number ten is certainly looks like good news from their point of view. Um, we thought initially Albion Jetty would be a loan signing, um, once an eight million pound signing from Basel to West Ham. Things didn't work out for him at all In the English Premier League And he's now trying to reignite What was quite an exciting career Becoming to Celtic Park Yeah, it's interesting to see How he fit, he'll fit into Celtic Obviously a big price tag It gives Neil Lennon the option I think that he's looking at Going with two strikers this season I know that uh, years gone by Seasons gone by That's always been the one up top I liked Edward and Griffith's partnership and I feel that splashing out five million on a jetty, it's not just to be a squad player. So I think Edwards a stick on to start. I think that Celtic will go with two up and change your formation now. And what did you make of last night? Uh, I watched uh, I watched Rangers game. Um, you know, Stephen Gerrard was a bit, you know, critical of his players after it. Still three 0 Gordon clean sheet as well. Introduced the two new signings. Um, so it was a, a very positive night for them. Uh, Motherwell, well, one point out of three, not the best start, but still early, early days. And I think another good point for Kilmarnock up at Ross County, who's been banging form. Gordon, you've still got that football manager's manual tucked away somewhere. What Stephen Gerrard said last night was simply designed to keep his players yes, feet the on the ground. Yeah. Too, ma- too many people have been saying, oh, there'll be five clear, then there'll be eight clear, Gordon, then there'll yeah. be 11 clear. That may well be the case, but Stephen Gerrard doesn't want that into his players' heads. I think, I think the problem, Roger, I, I watched the game, they, they didn't start particularly well. And now, because of everybody's expecting so much of them, their, their pre-season form's been excellent. They've won into the first three games up at Aberdeen. They won, you know, they beat St Man comfortably. They've now took on St Johnston at Ibrox. And people expecting, the Rangers fans I'm talking about, expecting Rangers just to come out first 10 minutes, steamroll their teams, get the early goal. It didn't really happen last night. So they've got to be patient, but it was still a very good one. There is a lot to get through tonight, so be patient with us. We'll try and cover it all off. 01419511025 on the phones. 
or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's kick off with the signing news in Glasgow today. Albion Ajeti says Celtic made him feel wanted after a year at West Ham where he thinks he deserved more of a chance. He is hoping to form a partnership with Odds and Edward, and he's also looking forward to coming up against his old pal Cedric Eaton in an old firm derby. I need to play and uh, this is why I signed for Celtic and, and I had a good chat with the, with the, with the golfer, with, yeah, the sporting director as well. They really wounded me and this was the most important thing because uh, after a season as I had in West Ham, it was for me clear I need to play and uh, Celtic, with Celtic I see good chances and uh, I'm really looking forward to play with them. To be fair, yes, I think I deserve more to play. Don't need to, uh, to hide that. I deserve that. It is how it is, but I'm really happy now. What is gone is gone, and I'm looking forward now. Do you know much about Hudson Edward, a man you may be playing alongside? Are you excited to, to be able to play with him? Yeah, I'm looking forward to play with him. I um, saw he scored a lot of goals, saw also the goals he scored, the way how he scored, and I think me and him, this will be a good match together. Am I right in saying you know Cedric Eaton, who recently signed for Rangers? Yeah, I know. We, we, I mean, with him, I shared. Uh, many, many years in the Academy of Basel. We've been playing very long together. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy we can play uh, one of the biggest derby in the world against a, a mate I know from Switzerland. 0141-951-1025. We're asking for your thoughts on the games last night, including you Rangers fans. Of course, we'll look at the big news coming out of the coronavirus joint response group today as well. But let's start with that signing of Albion Ayeti. Celtic fans, quite simply... What do you make of it? Are you happy? How do you think he'll fit into the team? 01419511025 Paul and Kirk and Tillich, what do you think? Hey, hi Gordon Hi, hi Gordon, hi Roger Hi Paul hi. Uh, uh, I'm happy, I'm, I'm, I'm quite relieved that we're starting to operate in a kind of decent market where we've not signed a project as far as I can see uh, He's signed for the English Premiership and even though he didn't make it there, I think it's a kind of it's we've done enough with projects with bio and, and various guys. So two signings in around about the ten million mark, I think that's we're spending decent money. There's uh, no guarantee with a guy, but he, I'm glad he's not a project. He's only been there a year as well, West Ham, so he's he's not had a, a fantastic amount of time to, to make his impact. But after a, a couple of weeks, a really bad PR for the club as well, which. Uh, which I care about uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're actually spending some money in a decent market Well I think when you're splashing out 5 million quid on a on a player you're hoping it's not a project you're hoping he's going to hit the ground running I said earlier and it was interesting listening to his conversation there his interview Gordon that he said I need to play uh, he's here to play okay you don't get guarantees especially at a club the size of Celtic but I'm sure he fancies himself to play up front with Edward which would Probably, Roger and I were discussing it, would probably give Neil Lennon a little bit of headache switching that formation because it would be a 3-5-2 then. Um, and then you've got the wing-back areas. Who plays there? You've got Frimpong just now, Forrest out in the right on the formation of a 4-4. You've got the other side, El Yanusi and Taylor. Uh, you'd need to bring in, well, Elhamid could play probably centre-half, but I think he'll bring in another centre-half as well. So it's really going to be interesting to see on the day, what Neil Lennon, with everyone fit and all his squad ready to go, what is his best starting eleven? I know who's not in it. One of the left backs. I don't think he'll <laughs> be seen again. But j- joking aside, there'll be a, a left back will need to come in as well. Does you talk about a centre half? And I agree with you. I don't think Celtic spending is finished. There's another six weeks of this transfer window. I think they'll need a left back because you will not see Bolly, Bolly, and Goalie around these parts again. Um, 
if Celtic go back to the three-five-two, and if Albion's in, you would think that's exactly what's going to happen. I'll be on a jetty, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. I think there will be a left back. I think there will be a centre back as well. And while we're at it, don't think Rangers have finished spending either. It'll be a fascinating finale of the last few weeks to this transfer window. Now, what do you make of? The signing in general, Roger. I mean, it depends the the way you look at it. You look at the the goal scoring record in Switzerland was obviously very good, yeah. and this is something we'll elaborate on uh, a bit later on in the show. Um, but naturally, his well, last twelve months have not been successful. Well, when Daz and I were on the show last week, it was a day Rangers signed Kimar Roof and Cedric Eaton, but we spoke about them. This guy went to the English Premier League at the cost of eight million pounds. It sounds a lot of money, but when you think that the guy who kept him out of the team, Sebastian Haller. I think cost round about four times that when West Ham signed them from Frankfurt. That's probably why Ajeti couldn't get into the team. Michael Antonio was playing terrifically well at the end of the season, scored four goals in one game. Andy Carroll was there or thereabouts. So the fact that Ajeti couldn't get into David Moyes' team laterally probably shouldn't be held against him. He's a good age, I think he's just coming 24 years of age. And he should be able to settle very friendly with Mohamed El Yunusi. They were teammates together at Basel. It always helps when you've got a friendly face in the dressing room when you come in. And it sounds, as Daz said, from what the lad was saying, he's had the conversation with the manager. He's mm. not here to fill a space on the bench. Um, I think he's immediately ahead of Patrick Klamala. I think they're all, for the minute, ahead of Lee Griffiths. And I would think by the time Celtic are back in action in the league at Tannadice a week on Saturday, you will get a look at Albion Ajeti. Uh, Paul's just disappeared. So, Celtic fans, what are your thoughts on Albion Ajeti? 0141 Are you happy with that signing? Yes or no? How do you see him fitting in? Uh, what does that say for what's left of the transfer business as well? Uh, Gordon, as always, at this time, it's a slightly different this year because Champions League qualifiers are. In the future We've mm-hmm. not had any of them yet um, But Celtic not able to play Their next couple of games Because of what's happened uh, With volleyball and golly Would you expect them To do everything To get them up to speed Straight away Would you expect to see them At the first possible opportunity Oh yeah Yeah if you're bringing If you're bringing someone in At that price Gordon He has to get in very quickly Get uh, If it is If he's here A partner uh, Edward up front Get him in Get him mm. playing with him Get him used to You know that partnership And um, You know They'll be playing Plenty of bounce games, Gordon. They'll get them up to speed. Nowadays, it's very easy to get a player up to speed for games. And I'm sure that we'll see them as quickly as possible. Well, Craig King is actually a Glaswegian, but he also happens to run Football Swiss on Twitter. So he knows his stuff about Albion Adjeti and indeed Cedric Eaton. Uh, Craig, what type of player uh, are Celtic getting? No, I'll start off by saying he's uh, not particularly flashy, but he's a player that will um, get you goals. He's always throughout his career he's always scored goals always went into positions to score goals um, he's not the tallest player but wins headers uh, creates space well holds up the play and um, uses his strength and physicality against the defenders well and uh, I think overall he's, he's going to be a, a really good signing for Celtic and I know that a lot of people have um, been unsure about this 5 million price tag but for me it's uh, a 4 year deal it's a, a great piece of business Celtic's main man obviously is Odson Edouard The chances of displacing him would be pretty slim You would imagine Is Ajeti the type of player who could play alongside him And, and complement him and, and work as a, a two up front? Well when he was at Basel he, um, he never really played two up front It was always usually one up front But I definitely think he's got the qualities to uh, play up front with Edward um, As I said he, he creates space well He holds up the play well He uh, can bring Edward into the game and vice versa So uh, I have no doubts he can play in a two as well 
Uh, you spoke about his time at Basel there Where he obviously linked up with Mohamed El Yunusi Who's at Celtic Did they have a particularly good relationship? Is that one that Neil Lennon will be hoping to recreate? Well, um, they kind of missed each other in Basel They, they were only there for uh, a few months I think it was like seven months or something like that um, But they, um, they, were, they combined well together I think it was like something like seven assists That El Yunusi provided for Frayetti And... Uh, in total, they, I think it was 19 goals they had together. So, um, yeah, in that brief spell, they, they linked up well. And there's, uh, already I've seen a few goal clips that uh, Celtic fans have been excited about where Elinussi has been the provider for Ayeti. So, um, it's definitely a, a relationship that can improve in, at Celtic. You mentioned the time at Basel where the goal-scoring record speaks for itself. It's a very impressive one. Should Celtic fans be worried in any way about the, the lack of success at, at West Ham? Uh, not really for me. Um, the, the move itself, I said at the time when he moved, I, I feel like he would have benefited more from another year in Basel. Um, he's only only 23 and still developing, but he's a very ambitious player. Comes from an ambitious family, so uh, it wasn't a move he was going to turn down. He himself would have felt that he could um, make the grade in the Premier League, and of course, I'm sure the contract helped. But uh, I don't think it should be a problem. I don't feel personally that he got much of a chance at West Ham. It's only a handful of games and in the Premier League it's cutthroat so as soon as it didn't work out right off the bat he, um, he was kind of left on the bench so uh, I wouldn't read too much into the failure at West Ham um, and I think it, Celtic fans should really look at Ayeti in the same way as Elianusi because he struggled at Southampton of course and he's came and had a great time in Scotland so far so uh, I anticipate the same for Ayeti His arrival of course means there's two Swiss international strikers in Glasgow We've not had the chance To see a great deal Of, of Cedric Eaton yet either How do those two compare? I would have them actually As very similar players um, I spent the last week Or so watching um, All the goals Both of them scored When they were in Switzerland So um, yeah, very similar players um, And they just again The positions and score goals And that's pretty much All you can ask for For a striker Thank you to Craig From Football Swiss Giving us the inside track On Albina Yeti With a comment on Cedric Eaton At the end there As well uh, Laurie's a Celtic fan On the line Laurie How happy are you With the signing? Aye uh, qu- Quite happy Gordon It increases uh, Our attacking options I, I think a consequence Of signing uh, A Jetty today Is that Lee Griffiths Can afford No more slip ups uh, I think if he commits Any further misdemeanours He'll be gone. So I think this is a chance now for Griffiths to redeem himself. And if there's competition for places, that's excellent. I also think uh, we do need a centre-back, Gordon. That's a pressing uh, uh, requirement. I I think that Agier and Julien are both comfortable with the ball at their feet. Uh, But we need somebody who's got a physicality uh, at the heart of defence. Another wee thing that I would like to say... Uh, before I invite the, the panel's response, is I don't know Bolingoli Bully. I, I I don't know him uh, as a person, so therefore uh, I can only surmise what his actions may have been. Personally, I suspect that he realised uh, that he's going to be playing second fiddle to Greg Taylor, and uh, he was looking to hasten his departure. He was uh, looking to to expedite. Uh, his ticket out of Celtic Park. He, he was bothering if he was uh, behaving with, with reckless abandon. Uh, he probably knew what he was doing. Uh, well, no, probably. He definitely did know what he was doing uh, because he realises that uh, 
Celtic are in, mm. in an impossible position now. Oh, hope where he's concerned is that they manage to recoup uh, some of their money I, when he goes. Well, there has been a big announcement actually from the Coronavirus Joint Response Group today, and we're definitely going to get to that uh, a bit later on in the show. Let's start with, with Laurie's first point, which is a very good one, Roger, because Odson Edward. He's Odson Edward He's Celtic's main man Obviously Albion Ayeti Brought in for £5 million Lee Griffiths is Lee Griffiths he's, he's scored a lot of goals For Celtic And the Celtic fans like him And Patrick Clamalla Came for A couple of million pounds As well But One of them Is Celtic's Fourth choice striker Which is Pretty far down the pecking order Yeah at the minute Lee Griffiths is a fourth choice striker And that's because They don't have a fifth striker At the minute um, Lee Griffiths Is fourth choice striker Because of Lee Griffiths Own actions um, don't take my word for that Ask the manager of Celtic um, Who over the summer Made his feelings clear About Lee Griffiths Now Laurie said He'll be going out of the club He won't be going out of the club Because at the minute People won't be queuing up To sign Lee Griffiths He's on big money And he's not fit to play football At the minute Otherwise he would be in the Celtic squad Now a fully functional Fully fit Fully firing Lee Griffiths Is the best striker Scotland have available and the second best striker Celtic have available A wonderful player 100 goals for Celtic Goals for Scotland Goals in big games Goals against Rangers Goals in Europe But at the minute Lee Griffiths is letting himself down And is letting Celtic down What does this mean for the future of, of Lee Griffiths? Or Patrick Lamalla gone, Bio's mm. gone on loan to, to lose How do you see that that four working Because I know you're saying you think, you, th- you think You think it will See a change back To playing two up front But there mm. might still be games Where Neil Lennon plays one Which leaves three of them You know On the bench Or, or even in the stands Yeah it gives them the option Gordon I've always said that If you're a team that Will go majority And I think Celtic Will go majority Next season with Two up top Especially with what they've got on board Um then I so, think so just on that then Horses for courses perhaps But Jeremy Frimpong Or James Forrest Who plays out of those two? Well that's That's got to You want my opinion? Yeah, yeah okay. Obviously Obviously it's Neil Lennon's <laughs> opinion But I can't see them Leaving out James So he Forrest. plays as a wing back To yeah, accommodate I, this I, And what see, about on the other side? I, uh, once again Elian Rusi Who's a lot of money Or Greg Taylor Me personally I think Celtic Have the luxury To play a very attacking side Gordon now, there will be times that they may look at going to Ibrox and they may change their wing-backs a little bit. But I think Forrest is, as much as there's some Celtic supporters come come on here and give them a bit of criticism, I can't understand that. I think James Forrest brings so much to Celtic. Um, on the other side, I do believe El Yanusi would probably be the pick because I think that you've got enough. If you've got three centre-backs in your Celtic... You're going to have most of the possession in most of the games. You've got three centre-backs. You've got one of the best sitting midfield players and probably the best sitting midfield player in Scotland uh, for a long time, Scott Brown. You've got McGregor that sits there with them in that formation. So you've got plenty of cover that you can go and get your attack. You look at Rangers, for instance. Their biggest danger for me is not the front three just now or uh, the, you know, and the, the, the striker. The, the biggest is, is the, the wide guys The full backs They play as wingers So I think that Celtic Attacking wise Would go with two wingers Three at the back And two sitting C- midfield Celtic were at their best last season When they played the 3-5-2 With Forrest on one side And Greg Taylor on the other I, I just think Taylor gives you a wee bit Of ballast Defensive ballast Because you've got a winger on one side I don't think it does any harm To have a full back on the other And I'll tell you 
Had Lee Griffiths been fit to start the season I'm convinced Celtic would have started in a 3-5-2 They started a 4-2-3-1 Because they had no one in a position to start up top alongside Edward Laurie, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight 0141-951-1025 Stephen Gerrard wasn't fully satisfied Despite Rangers' comfortable win last night Rangers fans, what did you make of the performance? We'll hear from the Rangers boss next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon Dale Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Not that they're not delighted to have you Roger But people are saying Where's the mushroom? What have you yeah. done to the mushroom? But remember he was on on Tuesday They just They, they organised a wee swap I think that's the best way of putting it uh, Let's move on to last night's games Rangers fans uh, What did you make of it? At Ibrox 0141 Stephen Gerrard says He wasn't satisfied despite the win He says they got sloppy After scoring the third goal and thinks they've still got a lot to learn. But what did you think? Yeah, it's, it's a good win for us. Again, you know, a lot of positives to take from the game. Um, some strong performances in there. Thought John, goalkeeper, uh, helped us very much to keep a clean sheet with three outstanding saves. Uh, I thought Phil coming on performed extremely well. Um, three good goals. Bonus, fantastic bit of set-piece magic. And then it was a great team goal for the second. And then we finished the game with a good uh, set piece, so Tom Coleshaw's happy inside there in the dressing room. So yeah, a lot of positives. I thought we got really sloppy, 3-0. I thought we let the game die instead of maintaining our standards. I thought over the course of the 90 minutes we turned the ball over too much individually. Um, so still a lot to work on as well. Um, probably think I'm, I'm a moaner, but um, I think even though we've won the game comfortable 3-0, um, I think there's still individuals and us collectively can still a lot learn a lot. What do you think? 0141-951-1025 uh, I think Bonabarasic's free kick is a good place to start, Roger. When you pull off a set piece like that, it's always worth a mention. Yeah, terrific. He showed at St Mirren last season in the one 0 game that he was capable of doing that. Um James Tavernier's shown he can do it in the past, so it, it's a it's a good weapon in Rangers armory if you like. Um he then turned provider uh, Ryan Kent's goal It was almost a similar one To the, the goal at Celtic Park Last December Barisic and then A very smart left foot finish By Kent I was fascinated I saw one of these heat map things in the, At half time in the game And Barisic had been on average The furthest forward Rangers player He'd spent more time Further up the park In St Johnson territory Even than Alfredo Morelos had And if you can get full bags That can do that it really is an, an added threat. You know, Rangers, they, they do tuck in what we would used to describe as the wingers, Kent and Hadji. They're not, they're, they're more like two number 10s, really, in behind Morelos. And that creates the space in the wider areas for the two fullbacks to bomb forward. You've seen Tavernier do it for years, but Barisic last night, a man of the match display, and he just showed what he can bring to Rangers. In an offensive way And Gordon we stood here before the season started And pretty much everyone on the show said The key for Rangers this season could be to get More goals from Ryan Kent More goals from Joe We'll Get them posting numbers You know all this fascination mm. about Alfredo Morelos Will he stay or will he go Well regardless What Rangers need is to get more productivity In front of goal from Aribo and Kent And they both scored last night Yeah Kent's off to a good start Good goal against Aberdeen as well Gordon opening day um, you're right, I think uh, Stephen Gerrard would have been looking this season for a big return Because Roger's right, all the ammunition I said at the top of the show when I was talking about Celtic's formation It's coming from the fullbacks. They play so high, they play as, as wingers now um, And it allows Kent and Hadji to get in nearer Morelos when he's the centre forward 
and get more goals. I thought I thought Ken's goal last night was terrific. Goal, I've got to say, great ball in and great finish. And obviously Barisic's free kick was fantastic, unstoppable. Uh, they're off to a great start. And I've always said in the show for the last two seasons that I think that Rangers' biggest problem, not just was that, was at the back, Gordon. And I know you can look at records and everything. They've went three games now, clean sheets. They don't look like losing many goals. I think the, the, the new additions in there have really helped. Now let's speak to William, who's a Rangers fan on the line. What did you make of it, William? What stood out for you? Yeah, hello, Gordon and the, uh, Roger and Gordon. Hi, William. Hi, William. Hi, well, I, I gave with Gerard, Gordon, right? I'll get a, I'll get a six out of ten, right? And getting that at six out of ten and still win three, no, it's quite good. It's, it shows you, it shows you we can not play that well and still win the game. But I want to talk about uh, C. Barisic. See that every Rangers fan know who the biggest asset is, and it's that man there, Gordon. We can command any fee we want for that man. And when that man's holding a position in his country, it could rival any association in the world. He's starting left back for Croatia. What a player he is, Gordon. Yeah, I, th- I think clearly lots of people are impressed with him. That's a massive statement. Is he Rangers' biggest asset, Roger? Um, is he up there? Uh, he's certainly up there I think probably the most valuable asset It's one that may well be sold Before the window closes And Alfredo Morelos Because Whether we like it or not Centre forwards Command bigger fees Than left backs do But there's no questioning The, the influence of Borna Barisic um, The way he goes forward The way Tavernier goes forward It suits the system But The, the system relies on Everyone doing their part been impressed with Glenn Kamara at the start of the season and Ryan Jack. They both sit deep and that protects the two centre-halves. As I said in the past, the centre-halves in the past have looked vulnerable. Not necessarily Balligan, he's just come into the club, but when it was Goldson and Katic or Goldson and Edmondson at times, they look vulnerable. They look less vulnerable now because they're getting better protection. And I'm going to repeat what I said at the top of the show. Stephen Gerrard is just trying to keep people's feet on the ground they didn't finish particularly well, but Stephen Gerrard made four substitutions at one, you know, juncture early in the second half at three 0 He gave a first appearance to Kemar Roof, who didn't look match for a second brief appearance to Cedric Eaton, who's also just finding his feet. Stephen Davis is coming back from an Achilles injury. Scott Arfield hasn't seen a lot of football. Philip Hollander hasn't seen a lot of football. So I think it was unrealistic to expect them to come on and hit the ground running the way the starting eleven had. Rangers are fine One at Pitaudry 3-0 Then 3-0 They're in a good place just now I really hope William comes back at you Roger You've just said that uh, Morelos Because it's strikers And tri- strikers are always More valuable than left backs Pierney went for 25 million As a left back Yeah uh, Eduardo will go for more Right okay <laughs> That's what we're talking The left backs are very valuable Nowadays <laughs> I'll tell you Because they do Play not like defenders now They play like f- forwards on the wing And the the, the way he mm. creates now He's got a beautiful left foot You've got to say And it's not that long ago That people were actually questioning the signings You know, sometimes we'd be a bit critical of them in here And we're the first to admit that Rangers supporters were the same But we always get back to the St Man free kick And another one last night And the one that he lays on for Kent He is really... He's improving every time I see him He's a terrific footballer I've got to say that I'll tell you what William Hang on the line Because I've got another clip here From Stephen Gerrard And I'm keen to get your Your thoughts on it He says Greg Doherty And Ross McCrory Could be close to leaving the club He says The midfielders have been out On loan enough 
and uh, any moves would be permanent ones. Hull are in for Greg Doherty, so he's had permission to speak to Hull. Um, we've had some interest from Hibs in terms of um, Ross McCrory, so them, them talks are ongoing. Would that be a loan? No, no, no. Ross and um, Greg won't be going on loan. They've been on two loans. I think they've done that road. Um, so if we get bids that we like and that are good enough and big enough, we'll consider them. Um, but they won't be going on loan. If, if bids land where we feel it's worth it and we, we don't see them playing the amount of games that's going to satisfy them, or if they come to me and say to me, uh, I want to go, it's time to go, then these are all the things you'd have to consider. Um, but the reality is the, the bid needs to be big enough that the board are going to accept before I have a decision to make. William, are they players that you thought would have managed to break through at Rangers that you hoped would have broken through? How, where has where their careers gone in the last couple of seasons? I come on previously, right, and I stated where Rangers were uh, were strong and my strongest positions midfield, right, and uh, I don't think I don't think they're not going to get into that midfield, Gordon. Uh, but can, can I come back in and talk about the referee after, after this point? Yeah, but well, what I've stated, they're not strong enough to get in the midfield, right. But see the referee last night. I was sitting with my son, right, and my friend, right, and he turned around and says to me, "All in this league, Dad." Will they two challenges no be punished in this league? Any other league in the world, with the one on the boy uh, Hadji and the one on boy Roof, if they two connected, they boys were out for a long, long time. I just want uh, Roger and uh, Gordon's, Elvis Gordon's a previous footballer, they, they tackles Gordon, right? Were shockers. How can they, is the referee get something wrong with his vision? You know what I mean? How can he not see that? As my son says, only in this league, Dad, in the world Every other league in the world They would have been punished Well they were punished But just not the punishment That, that yeah, William wants I, th- I think I the thought, yellow card um, Was shown wasn't it thought, was it, Am I right just before yeah, it, yeah. I thought Liam Gordon Was particularly fortunate Is that on For the roof? one on the roof Yeah it was heavy wasn't yeah, it Yeah and he was playing At that stage He was playing on the edge Of the big centre half um, I thought he was very fortunate Another referee You know you think of the one Callum Lang Gets sent off for On the first Monday night Of the season For Motherwell up at Dingwall mm-hmm. um, I thought that was a red card Straight away when I saw it and then when you see the challenge last night from Gordon on roof, at the time I thought, oh, that's a red card, he's walking. And the referee, I think it was Ewan Anderson last night, only gave a yellow card, which, which did surprise me. I, I genuinely do think on another day with another referee, Liam Gordon could have been off. Totally agree. I can't disagree with that. It was naughty. And Roof is a lucky lad that... Uh, you know, he didn't give full connection of that tackle and he would have been under a little pressure and, and it would have been a real sore one. And the Hibs, uh, sorry, the Hibs, St. Johnson players certainly got away with one there with a the yell. It should have been a straight red for me. Uh, I'm going to try and squeeze this one in before the travel. So thank you to William. Let's see what Andy and Annie's land's got for us. Hi, Andy. How are you doing, mate? Not bad. How are you? You well? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, second time call The last time, last time I called in, I was talking about something different, but what I want to say is the Bomber Barisic situation. Uh-huh. He is a top quality player. You can see him, he covers so much ground, getting the crosses in, and unlike Dierney, he can hit a free kick, he can put the corners in. He's absolutely top class. I would say, actually, to me, he's about a £30 million player, to be honest. Well, that's uh, I suppose. Listen, as you always say in the show, players are only worth what other teams are willing to pay for them. Um, if I was Stephen Gerrard, be worried at the number of Rangers fans queuing up tonight to try and sell Borna Barisic because if Rangers are to win the league this season, 
I think they'll need to to keep all of their good players. Um, I don't think they will keep Morelos. I think the arrivals at E10 and Roof have signalled that Morelos will be away before the window closes yeah. at the start of October. But I think it's crucial for Rangers that the likes of Kent, who started so well, Aribo, who started so well, Barisic, who started so well, they are going to be key men right through the mm. season. Not just for the first three games of the season, Gordon. They are going to be crucial. And it's crucial to stay. And it's also crucial they maintain the good form that they've shown. Andy says Barisic can hit free kicks. Tierney can't. Therefore, you know, thirty million. You, mm. How do you feel about well, that valuation? He's just added five on for Tierney, isn't he? so that five million for free kicks. It's not a bad deal. I'm sure Stephen Gerrard. He's not wanting to get rid of his players, but if he can get an extra five million for someone that has free kicks, thirty million. That'd be a great deal. Yeah, <laughs> corners as well. Corners. Sorry, did yeah, you say throw-ins? Can I? Can I? Oh, he's pretty good with the throw-in. <laughs> okay, can I just, that's uh, five million. Can I, can I just say one more? Can I just say one more thing? I think through pre-season, pre-season throughout this whole process, Gerald has been very shrewd in my opinion. The way he's brought the signed Hadji, Hadji's looking good. Signed Aribo last year, he's looking amazing mm. this year. Rangers are looking good On the other hand Celtic Not so good Well if you look at where Rangers might go from here Roger um, I mentioned Greg Doherty and Ross McCrory If they're going to leave um, I don't know exactly what these two earn But I imagine if you add those wages together There would be scope there then and that, for, for Rangers to bring in One other yeah, midfielder Listen I like the two lads But I think probably what William the previous caller said Is probably true I, I'm not sure Stephen Gerrard sees either of them Getting into his midfield plans um, As young Scottish players You want to see them go And have good careers And if they can't have First team careers at Rangers They maybe are as well Going on to, to go somewhere Where they can play regular football And restart their career Look at Albie and Ajeti He couldn't get a game at West Ham So he's come to Celtic To try and reignite his career um, Plenty of players have moved on And it's had successful careers After being at the old firm And I think It sounds as if Stephen Gerrard Believes The players will be moving on and moving on to go and play first-team football and kick-start their careers again. Good man, Andy. Thanks for getting in touch. Now, the Coronavirus Joint Response Group has had quite a lot to say today. Players will now be punished for breaching coronavirus guidelines. Hearts have been told to stop their return to training, and it's going to have a knock-on effect for every level of football below the Premiership as well. What do you make of it? We'll take your calls next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hannah's here Gordon DL is alongside him And they're waiting for your calls 0141-951-1025 Another big day on the coronavirus front With regards to football You'll have heard about the Aberdeen 8 You'll have heard about Bolly Ball and Golly uh, Well now we've got some clarity on where we go Going forward But that doesn't mean Everyone's happy about it Now the SPFL and Scottish FA Have been in discussions With the Scottish Government So the Coronavirus Joint Response Group Has come up with a couple of things That have got people Really going on social media And we want to hear your thoughts On the phones One of the headlines Is that Hearts Who are back training They've been back training For over a week I think Have been told That they now must Pause their current training programme Until at least The 24th of August So although they've been Back training already On the back of what's happened As part of this tightening up Hearts now cannot train For the next 11 days With regards to Ball and Golly And the Aberdeen players um, Existing rules will be strengthened They say To include the provision Of sanctions for players Who do not adhere To Covid specific football protocols Or government 
Public health guidelines So basically players are going to be getting punished for it And it says this will encompass recent breaches And further details will be provided tomorrow So they've left us dangling a sort of soap opera cliffhanger on that one Roger So volleyball and golly is going to be punished by the football authorities Is that is that is that what you would take from that? And, 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 and future players will be punished as well Well I think you would need to take it from that Ball and golly, bolly, ball and golly sorry, Has already been punished by the police um, £480 fine for breaching COVID-19 regulations for members of the public um, I think we're safe to assume Bolly Bolongoli will be punished by his employers um, Given the club statement and what Neil Lennon said after the club statement was issued And it would not at all surprise me if the football authorities at Hamden now punished him And punished the Aberdeen 8 When the Aberdeen 8 story broke it became clear that the players would have to self-isolate They would have to miss probably three games St. Johnson, Hamilton and Celtic Subsequent to that, the three games were actually called off By the joint response group So, uh, is it ridiculous to think that These players could now be suspended For a number of games um, In light of everything that's happened Is it ridiculous to think Bolly Bolingoli could be suspended For a number of games I would imagine that the Joint Response Group having held talks with the Scottish Government over this and just think how angry Nicola Sturgeon was on Tuesday when this story broke. Um, I think they will want to send out a message loud and clear to yeah. players and to managers and to clubs that these rule breaches have to stop. Uh, like I said, the other part of this that jumps out at you is that although they've started back training already, Hearts have now been told um, that they must stop. Basically, and can't resume again until the 24th of August, 11 days time Needless to say, the club aren't too chuffed about it Let's speak to Craig, who is a Hearts fan from Kirkcaldy What do you make of that, Craig? Uh, hi panel, first time caller here um, I'm totally bemused by the decision today um, The only thing that I think is missing from that statement is that All clubs out with the Premier League will be um, punished for no fault of their own um, I don't understand it um, You know, eight Aberdeen players have went to the pub. One Celtic players went to Spain. They've been allowed to to train. Um, okay, they've had two games postponed, but they'll get to play them at a later date. Um, and likelihood they they will win those games. And um, Hearts have been punished, and we're not allowed to train until what the twenty twenty fourth August. Yeah, I just I, that that can't that can't be fair at all. Not yeah. just from Hearts, but any other club. Yeah. With the, the Premier League I mean needless to say Roger The footballing authorities they, they would say This isn't a punishment They would say it's a It's a health and safety Measure But that, that doesn't well, mean You can't see where Craig's coming from yeah, And many well, other Hearts fans I, like him I can see Where Craig's coming from And I'll tell you why When Nicola Sturgeon spoke the other day um, She made the point That she didn't want to punish People who had done nothing wrong She didn't want to jeopardise Scotland's football competitions In any way Therefore the 10 clubs Out with Celtic and Aberdeen we're allowed to continue playing games You know, there'll be five Premiership games played this weekend The ten teams playing have really done nothing wrong They haven't breached any COVID-19 regulations They can carry on uh, Hearts haven't breached any COVID-19 regulations It was the weekly statistics were put out yesterday By the Joint Response Group About the number of tests that were taking place Of players and mm -hmm. staff um, And they include in those figures now Hearts and also Glasgow City who are getting ready to go to Spain And play in the Women's Champions League quarterfinals They now have to come into this testing procedure if you like um, Hearts didn't record a single positive test So 
quite why Hearts have been stopped from training is, uh, you know, mm. surprises me. I mean, Craig, I must admit, when I first saw that, I'll be honest with you, I thought that seems a bit unfair on Hearts, but it's probably come from the Scottish Government, and therefore. What, what more can we really do about it? However, um, there are some quotes coming from Jason Leach, Scotland's National Clinical Director tonight, where he is claiming that actually, no, that's not the case. He didn't know anything about it, and it's the football authorities. How does that make you feel? Well, it's quite obvious to to know what person has done this. Um, Neil Doncaster has got an axe to grind on hearts for us taking them to court. And he's just trying to punish the club in any means he can. Let, let's just let's just be a, let's be a little bit careful, Craig. I'm sure you would admit that you don't know that. that that might be your theory. Let's just not make too many accusations. We can't back up. Well, Hearts have done nothing wrong. No club out with the Premier League have broke any rules regarding COVID nineteen restrictions. It's just the two clubs that have um, well, sorry, two individual players of two Premiership clubs that have broke the rules, and um, yet they're allowed to play. Um, Celtic are allowed to play their Champions League qualifier Looks like next week um, Hearts, as I said, have done nothing wrong they've, You know, they followed all the rules I think they've just resumed full contact training At the start of the week there um, They've done nothing wrong And we've been told That we're not allowed to train Until um, the 24th August That can't be possibly fair We've already been, in my opinion, shafted already This summer In terms of um, getting demoted Where I still believe we had a fair chance of staying up and now this is just a just just the, the SPF the SPFL and the SFA just um, coming back and um, shafting hearts again. I just don't agree with it. It would be nice to find out, Roger, exactly how yeah, much involvement the Scottish government no, had in this discussion. If the government or the joint response group wanted to stop lower league clubs from from starting training because they had any doubts at all over. The testing programmes at those clubs Or any any worries at all Now Burnley and Hearts are the only team Out with the Premiership Who have restarted training Now if the government or the joint response group Are worried about teams in the Championship League 1 or League 2 And their ability to meet the testing protocol Then if they want to delay their return to training Until such times as those doubts are sorted out Then that's fine But Hearts for me Have started training They've done everything that's been asked of them by government and the joint response group. They've tested their players twice weekly. They do all the temperature checks. They do everything they need. And all they have recorded so far are negative responses. No problems at all with the way Hearts have started training. I find it a little bit odd that they have. this has happened to them tonight. Uh, Craig's very passionate about it, as you can hear. Let's see what Greg in Dalgetty Bay makes of it. Hi, Greg. How are you guys? Okay? Yeah, good, thanks. How angry are you at that, Greg? I don't know if it's anger or frustration, to be honest. Um, I won't talk about the relegation of things, because uh, the guy before has already mentioned certain things. Um, what I would say is Jack Leach has just been on another station and said that it has nothing to do with government. It's the FPL's purely... Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah. So what I would say is, what are they thinking? I mean, the Hearts have got fantastic green facilities, like we've just been mentioned. Um, we're testing correctly, we're doing everything correctly. Um, the social media parts, Twitter says all that it's all going well. Um, I just don't understand the thing behind it. Why punish us? Why punish us more? We've, we've now have to take it in the chin now that we've been relegated. Let us crack on and train. We're doing everything by the book. Just because clubs in a, a higher league now are, are misbehaving doesn't mean we should be um, 
punished for it. Yeah, I've I mean, got, we've, Greg, we've got better fed games coming up. Sorry, I've got to, cup games coming up. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I think that if your club, in which obviously I was listening to Roger here, he knows a lot better. If you're doing everything by safety rules and every box is getting ticked, Gordon, I find it baffling. Unless there's something else that I do not know or we do not know the reason why behind it. But if you're a club like Hearts and you put every safety measure in there and it's all negative that's coming back and there's no problems whatsoever, I find it astonishing that this has been announced. Uh, and unfortunately for Hearts, once again, they're in the firing line and uh, no wonder some Hearts fans feel aggrieved. I don't go back to the relegation thing. I thought that's just what happened. But on top of this, you want to prepare for a new season. You've taken on the chin. You've done everything by the book and then you've been told to stop for an hour 11 days It's not great at all I mean Roger In terms of the impact It will have on the football And this might not be the point By the way But I'll just mention it Hearts should be able To prepare in time Even If they come back On the 24th of August They don't play until October um, That that seems like A sensible length Of pre-season The same way That everyone else had But, but like I say Maybe that's not the point It's the fact that They've been back They've put all yeah, these Processes and, and, in place And also listen Craig and now Greg Come on Frustrated Angry Annoyed with the whole thing um, I'm slightly perplexed Because A As we've said before Hearts have done everything properly By the book They've done all the testing um, And it costs quite a bit of money They've invested that money in To allow them To return earlier Than other teams in the championship To prepare for a championship campaign A Betfred Cup campaign The only other team in the country Allowed to do that Were Glasgow City Gordon They're preparing for the Champions League games And they're allowed Spain. to keep doing that And listen from the joint response group bulletin that's come out tonight says Glasgow City Women's FC can continue to train in preparation for the UEFA Women's Champions League mm-hmm. tie against Wolfsburg on August 21 and will be visited to audit and verify compliance. So why not do that with Hearts? Why not yeah. do that with Hearts? The very next sentence is Hearts of Midlothian FC have been informed of the need to pause their current training programme until at least 24 August. So why is it one rule for mm-hmm. Glasgow City and one rule for Hearts? It doesn't make sense. And again, this is the beauty of, of live radio and, and breaking news, Roger Something we obviously will try and get to the bottom of Greg is right uh, Jason Leach has spoken elsewhere tonight He was on the show a couple of days ago And he says that that specific bit about Hearts Wasn't anything to do uh, with the Scottish Government But I mean, the statement is full of language It says the Joint Response Group today Outlines a wide range of measures Agreed with the Scottish Government These measures have been approved by the Joint Response Group And follow extensive discussions With Scottish Government Ministers So... So is somebody fibbing? Is somebody being Well, hope we need now is a joint response group to come out and respond to what Jason Leach is saying. Um, we naturally presumed that they were speaking with one voice. Um, the JRG were simply articulating the what they had decided in conjunction with Scottish Government. Jason Leach mm. comes out less than an hour after the statement to say, wasn't agreed with me, mate? Uh, very quickly, Greg, because I'm a bit pushed for time. Not, not that it would make you... You're happy because you would still be disappointed But if it transpired that This is because the government have requested that it happens Or the government have made it happen Would that would it make it a, a bit easier to take? In a way, what I would say is With the government not saying it And it's just the SPFL Although I'm not in the camp of being Neil Doncaster's against us And doing everything to punish mm-hmm. us It's very easy to understand why some Hearts fans Are thinking that way when It's only, and they know it's only Hearts that are it certainly seems like it at the moment Thank you Greg in Dalgetty Bay Very late for this but we'll squeeze in 
Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball, but you need to get the better of Gordon or Roger. 01419511025. Lines close when the news finishes just after seven. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Busy, busy night on Clyde One Super Scoreboard Albion and Yeti signed for Celtic Rangers coming back off an impressive win last night The joint response group has ordered Hearts to stop training And announced that uh, punishments will be handed out to players Who break the coronavirus guidelines It says it will encompass uh, recent breaches So that would, you would imagine, apply to volleyball and golly And Aberdeen 8, but we'll find that out tomorrow Keep your calls coming on any of those topics And we're going to be joined in the show uh, By a man who is banging in the goals At the start of the new season We'll speak to Chris Burke after we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Now the scandal that's really rocked Scottish football this week is that Roger Hanna lost on Beat the Pundit last week Roger, seven days on <laughs> Have you, Are you feeling alright about it? or? I, I, listen, I'm fine I had a very poor pre-season I just wasn't up to normal normal form at the start of the season I, I was actually I spoke to a pal a long time listener um, in a, in a, a Licensed premises on Friday night, who was far more upset about it than me. A pal called Louis Hamilton, who said he just couldn't settle on Tuesday night after I'd been beaten. He's absolutely appalled that I'm still getting this minus one penalty. So, fingers crossed, Louis, I can do you proud tonight. He has to be in minus one still, the goal, no, doesn't no, he? No, no, he lost. No, Surely, like, no your handicap no, no. golf, Gordon, you got. I'd no, say, to no. be fair, I'd be I'd be plus twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I'm not having that. I think he stays. I think he stays on minus one uh, until he loses a few more. John and, and Bishop Briggs is trying to take advantage of one of you tonight. How's it going, John? Ah, it's fine. I'm going fine. How's things? Yeah, not bad. Would you? Uh, do you feel like Roger Hanna? Do you think he's rattled after last week? Do you think you could rub salt in the wounds, or would you rather play Gordon Dale? Uh, I'm not bothered Hopefully Hopefully Rattled So that I can win Good stuff Right let's um, Toss the coin And find out who it is It might be a reprieve For Roger Heads it's Roger Tails it's Gordon And it is Heads It's back to Roger oh. He's back He's looking nervous This is the most nervous I've ever seen him never, Gordon Come never on John Go for it son And um, I'm just waiting For the final word From producer Danny Still starts on minus no. one Yes That's a nod of the head Right Okay I'm going to give Roger Clyde two So that he can't hear you John and it's just you and I 30 seconds on the clock Answer as many questions right as you can And the only thing you need to know Is that you can pass Are you ready? Aye, I'm ready Good man Your time starts now What nationality is Rangers defender Nikola Katic? Uh, Croatian What was the scoreline between Motherwell and Livingston last night? Uh, two each Who won the 2004 Champions League? Uh, Real Madrid Which club did Stilly and Petrov leave Celtic for? Aston Villa Who's got more Scotland caps Gordon Strachan or Graham Souness uh, Gordon Strachan Which side finished 6th in last year's Premiership in Scotland Kamarnock uh, How many Spanish league titles has Messi won 14 Who won the 2012 Scottish Cup Celtic uh, Okay let's bring Roger back yeah, They were quite tough tonight Gordon I thought no you shaking he, Gordon says they were easy I think they're quite tough listen, Roger Listen I've been listening to Clyde to The Pretenders Don't get me wrong I'm sure Chrissy Hind was singing Don't get it wrong A few pretenders in here That's for sure Are you ready? Go for it What nationality is Rangers defender Nikola Katic? Croatian What was the scoreline between Motherwell and Livingston last night? 2-2 Who won the 2004 Champions League? Porto which club did Stilly and Petrov leave Celtic for? Aston Villa. Who won more Scotland caps, Gordon Strachan or Graham Souness? 
Graham Souness Which side finished 6th in last season's Scottish Premiership? St Johnston How many Spanish League titles has Messi won? 7 Who won the 2012 Scottish Cup? Hearts Stephen Fry was a board member at which English club? Norwich City What do you think John? Well Faddy was answering him too smoothly so He was Did you see his rhythm there? He had the eyes closed Uh, And he he moves the head into the mic (laughs) Um, Norwich (laughs) Seven (laughs) Uh, Let's find out sound composed doesn't mean they're correct Gordon Let's find out the damage First one What nationality is Nikola Katic He is Croatian You both got it Well done So John stays one in front Because of Rogers' handicap What was the scoreline Between Motherwell and Livy Last night Two all Both got it John stays one in front Who won the 2004 Champions League It was Porto Roger got it right Pools level Which club did Stylian Petrov Leave Celtic for It was Aston Villa Both got it Still level who won more Scotland caps, Gordon Strachan or Graham Souness? Well, Roger went for Souness and uh, John went for Strachan. Graham Souness got 54, Strachan got 50. So it is Graham Souness and Roger takes the lead. Uh, which side finished sixth in the Premiership last season? St Johnston. Roger builds on it. Messi has won 10 league titles. Mm. Uh, none of you got it right. Hearts did win the 2012 Scottish Cup and Stephen Fry was on the board at Norwich. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for Roger. And I'm afraid it was a good start, John. You got three in the board nice and early, but he was too strong in the end up. Headlines. I'll catch it and I'll try again next time. That's it, try again next time. Wait, wait till Wilson's on. You got a better chance. <laughs> uh, good. Well, that's the thing, he's usually here on a Thursday. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why the phone lines were. I'd have been a win. Because Wilson when they get fired. According to the joint response group, he'll be here for a lot more Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that remains to be seen, right? 01419511025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. A busy old day um, on in Scottish football I was just I got distracted there Because I'm thrown off Roger Because you're here I assumed it was a Tuesday And Matthew's quite right He's keeping me on my toes It's 10 days Since you lost to beat the pundit Because it's a Thursday night And you're not usually here And you've thrown my whole Weekly schedule off But anyway uh, Let's go back to the phones But I'm delighted to say We're joined on the line By Kilmarnock winger Chris Burke Chris how's it going Thanks for joining us Oh I'm fine Thank you guys How are you He's okay Yeah not too bad at all uh, Chris What a start to the season You've had Three out of three um, I think it's the 16th Consecutive season Where you've scored um, Across the career we, we caught up with you Just during lockdown If you remember And we're talking about You know Getting to a certain stage In life But how your enthusiasm Hadn't dropped But even this start To the season Must have delighted you so far yeah, I know, 16 consecutive tough. It's a long, long time now. I, I, I didn't I can count to 16. Um, no, that's been great. Uh, a good start, obviously, individually, but um, a bit difficult, the circumstances where I was maybe because I've picked up, you know, the, the a point against Hibs and Minerva, um and then get a great point against Celtic. And then last night, we, we thought we maybe merited three points. So two points on the board is... It's okay, we would have liked a little bit more But on reflection of it We've had two away games And a home game against Celtic So yeah, individually it's great You know, scoring three goals And three and three and whatever But I would rather have scored You know, a couple of tap-ins Or whatever yeah. And it got us more points, you know you'll, Across the 16 seasons though You'll not have caught many sweeter Than the, the free kick against Hibs, surely? Yeah, no so, If I'm honest That's down to pure practice I've been practising that For <laughs> the good best part of Six to nine months And Eventually it came off, so um, no, that's that. I'm happy it did eventually. So I was delighted with that. Um, it was it was a, a sweet strike, but again, it was just to get us back into the game, and we just 
didn't get the point that I thought we could have deserved. But um, yeah, no, it was good. I was happy with that. Yeah, I mean, what I'll, I'll do is, Chris, because you would have been busy at the weekend, you're obviously playing, and your appearance on Sunday caused a bit of um, confusion for Gordon DL in the studio. I'll just play it back to you and, and try and paint the picture for you. Chris Burke, uh, you know, he just seems to be, you know, like uh, Benjamin Mutton. You know, I mean, he's getting, he's getting younger every year. He, he's, he's, he's been superb last year. Jim, just a snapshot of what I'm up against in here. Gordon Diels just looked at me. Uh, his mic was actually still on, so the audience might have heard it, but he was trying to, to mouth it to me and he said, Benjamin Button Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> so he, even I know fairly, you can edu- He's fairly well known You can, edu- you well, can educate him What is he? What, what is it? It's a movie A movie We a guy who looks remarkably like you And it's uh, Gordon <laughs> Brad Pitt Oh right okay. Chris that's what I'm up against uh, In here at the weekend We've now told him what, what, Who Benjamin Button is And uh, there, there is a compliment in there Somewhere How's it How's it been at the start of this season for you? No, it's been great. Um, I wish I looked like um, Brad Pitt. I'll tell you that. Um, but no, it's, 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 I've, I've been delighted, obviously, with the performances from myself. But I think in the, the team as a whole is coming on. If anybody came to watch us or on TV, whatever it is, highlights, we've, we've done relatively well. We've been positive with our performances. You know, maybe the result's not there, but you know, but we're very confident in, in picking up a lot of points this season. Um we're, we're very good in defence and in attack so and in midfield we're strong also but we've added to the group which is great and we've still got that core that we've had since the past two or three seasons Chris it's Roger and I, sp- I spoke to you that day at Easter Road after you scored that goal and you, you were telling us not just about the practice you put in for the free kicks but just the, the work you have to put in all these young guys coming into the squad they've all got their own different qualities their own different talents and you need to work as hard maybe even harder than ever just to sort of keep up and, and keep your place in the team is that is it a good thing all these young guys coming in driving you on? Of course as um, realistically you know I'm probably one bad game away from losing my spot and having to then retire because if you get a young 22, 23 year old coming in and doing the same job that I can do, then I'm going to be surplus to, to requirements very soon. Uh, so I have to make sure that I'm training hard every day, that I'm putting in the work. And when you get older, you lose some elements to your game. And then you have to then try and find a way to add to your game. So likewise, for instance, I just told you there that I had to practice that free kick and a different technique or whatever. I thought to myself, well... I might have to try and add something to my game to maybe still prolong my career. But these young guys are fit and energetic and the things they can do with the balls a bit different from what it was when I even started. So they're, they're a very talented group and especially the group that we've got. All I can do is just try and try my hardest every day, as I always say, and just to knuckle down and work hard and hopefully I make the start of living and impress. And I noticed last weekend... Mr Broadfoot at the back turned 36 as well Are you, are you still the, the best 36 year old in Alec Dyer's team? I think I'm the best looking 36 year old I don't know about the best <laughs> I, I, I think we'd all agree with that Chris <laughs> um, No he's, listen, he's another great pro A great servant to the club and, and to the club that he's been at It just shows you how hard he works You know he's You, know, you might think that I work hard he's, He probably works even harder than me He's in the gym all the time He works hard in training but he's just got that mindset and that that mentality. He doesn't even like getting beaten training, you know. He might take a huff a bit more than me, but um, no, he's a, a, one of many. I'm sure there's many across the board in the, in the Scottish League. You see it, even at Rangers and in Celtic and other clubs. that They've got players that they need that. It brings on the youngsters as well. 
and it's a great advert for Scotland and for the for the league. I think itself, when you see that there's a club, that there's these clubs that have these thirty plus you know, Even Michael Garding yesterday was fantastic, and he's at the age of thirty three, thirty four. Yeah, I mean, Chris, the the result obviously at the weekend is the one that, that gets the the highlights because it was a it was against Celtic. Did that sort of sum up what what you guys can be about, just making life extremely difficult and and showing some uh, pretty impressive play as well, going in the opposite direction. Yeah, but when you play against Celtic and Rangers, the top teams, you know, you're not going to have the possession of the ball that you would like in certain parts of the game. Yeah, but. Most of the possession is going to be in, in in their territory and in our half, so we have to make most of it when we get it. And I think there's one thing that we've probably added to our game is that we can do both sides now. You know, we can we can sit back and and, and defend deep and counter attack, but we can also play. Uh, we did that against Hibs and we did that against Ross County last night, and we showed it in little parts against Celtic. So it's, it, I, I honestly think it's been a positive start, even though we've only got two points out of nine. Yeah, and Chris, just as a as a player in general, all of the players in the league will be aware tonight that the Scottish Football Authorities are announcing, just in case there was any doubt, you know, they will be dishing out sanctions to players who don't, you know, adhere to the coronavirus restrictions. What do you make of that? Do you think that will be the, the kick up the backside that that maybe some people need? Yeah, well, listen, I think there should be a, a that in place, and it will probably stop people doing it. Cause that's when you put a, a law in place and make it firm and make it. Make it a, a, a half hard one for the person to take, then then they'll maybe think twice about it. So whether it's a, a, a game ban, like five game ban, or even more excessively, and a, and a huge fine, you know, but with the wages, then I honestly think uh, players will probably think twice about doing what they think about doing. You know, it's but there's just also one thing that you need to remember: these people are in the we're in the limelight, so we have we are obviously going to be. Um, the ones that they'll, they'll talk about, but they're not the only ones doing it. You know, it's just thousands and thousands of people that are doing the exact same thing. Ben, you're gone, Dale, here. <laughs> um, just to ask you a question. Obviously, it's different times this season. How are you and the players finding playing in front of the empty, uh, obviously in the empty stadiums now, no atmosphere, no crowd there? Are you now three games in, you're starting to get used to it a little bit? Um, listen, there's not nothing more better when the fans and the, and the stadium's packed and it's full. The only difference I would say is what I've noticed is when you're running out and there's no fans, it's a little bit quiet. What we've said as a group, as a team, that we have to make sure we're communicating with each other and talking to each other and, and spurring each other on because you've not got the fans doing that. Um, and what I've realised is if you don't train hard every day, then you'll probably suffer. The ones that train hard every day like it's a match Then they're the ones That will come to the forefront Because When you train every day There's no fans So when you step out of the pitch On a Saturday Or a Wednesday night Whatever it is It's the exact same So you can just replicate That training session um, The only difference As I said Is probably just running out And not Not um, seeing the fans And also Celebrating It's a bit strange I've celebrated <laughs> times and, and my celebrations Have been terrible Oh, The, the one at Hibs Was them. awful Chris The one of the worst I've ever seen I actually wonder If the goal had been Disallowed the way You turned around <laughs> I didn't know what to do That one That one it was 2-0 down But the one last night When that was I made it 2-1 I think I think it actually Cut Broadfoot Told me to turn around And clap to the fans Just to, 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 to say the line And I just did it anyway So it's very very difficult You don't know how to react 
um, to a celebration. So maybe I'll ask my son or something to give me one to, to make it a little bit better. We could just tell the, the way you answered Gordon's question here about the, the COVID-19 issue and, and players breaching it. You were obviously in direct opposition for a few minutes on, on Sunday and your teammates were too to, to Bolly, Ball and Golly. Was it a worry for the Kilmarnock squad at the start of the week what the implications might be, even though everyone at Kilmarnock is obviously innocent, that you might just have been caught up in this? Yeah, so we, we were worried that if they were going to cancel it, they would cancel all the games, you know, and that's not what you want. Especially when we've, we've came through a hard, hard time in this pandemic, you, you have to can, and it, cancel games and etc. Then just go back to the training, or can you train and retesting again, etc. What I found is, is when somebody makes a mistake, it's other people suffer, and that's the way it's went this whole time with the virus. Um, whether it's a player, uh, whether it's a club, or like then obviously Hearts then suffer because of what's going on. Um, it just seems to be if somebody makes a mistake, other people suffer. Which is not fair, but in this world we live in now, it is unfair, and the rules change day by day. You know, I, I'm shattered listening to the rules every day. They always change. <laughs> um, I don't know how you guys feel, so I just try and just go on with it. Uh, so yeah, as as it was a bit of a worry, but fortunately for us, that we got to play the game, and we've played all our games, and I'm just hoping it continues that way. Well Chris we'll let you get on with it Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us Hopefully we'll speak to you soon And hopefully we'll get fans back in soon And you can brush up on those celebrations <laughs> Thanks guys, have a good night good Cheers, Chris. That was Chris Burke started the season on fire So I thought we'd get in touch with him uh, And see what's been going on You can get in touch with us next 01419511025 Perfect time to get your call in Still getting some uh, feedback on Twitter From the new coronavirus response group announcement uh, Of course Celtic making a new signing today Last night's games as well So it's all happening And we could be speaking to you next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Don't think it's Tuesday Don't adjust your radio or your listening device Mark Wilson is elsewhere Roger Hanna and him swapped So it is Thursday night and Roger and Gordon are here Plenty more time to get your calls in On the measures handed out tonight Hearts have been told to stop training uh, Could have a knock-on effect for everyone below Premiership level there will be punishments handed out to players who do not adhere to COVID football protocols. Uh, we'll find out a bit more about what those punishments are tomorrow. Um, Rain, uh, Celtic have made a new signing, Albion a Yeti, and fallout from Rangers game last night as well. So lots to get through in the phone. So one four one nine five one one zero two five, and we've got a teaser for you as well. Now it's I kind of split last night's question into two, if you like. So if anyone who listened last night you should see where this one's going. Your old pal John. Has been in touch, right? And the question, if I can even find it, is this It's one, two, three, six Name the six outfield players Since 96 Who've made at least 30 appearances for Rangers But never scored Name the six outfield players since 96 Who've made at least 30 appearances for Rangers But never scored Let me tell you, it does not include the lower league years As we'll call them because there were, there were a couple in there And I thought ah, We'll be here all night with them mm. So think guys who were, who were really in About the top flight Name the 10 outfield players Since 96 Have made at least 30 appearances For Rangers But never scored And it does not include The lower league years What have you got for me? Mm. Anything? Yeah, not at the minute Did David Robertson play in, not What about Glenn Kamara? He scored Probably 
Yeah, he scored. I remember was it uh, Livingston? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, you may well be right. It's not going Kamara anyway. That's what you need to know. Um, fullbacks. Thank you, fullbacks. Alec Cleland. No. Gary Bowen. No. So since '96, not to say that those were wrong, but just Stanley Stensas. No. And it goes without saying what end of the pitch they generally play oh, yeah. at. Yeah. Fullbacks, the sound. Yeah. Those are fullbacks. Yeah. Okay. Um, fullback. Yeah, yeah. Bidma. Is that no. Oh no. Too late. Famously scored against Parma, didn't oh, he? Sorry, Champions did. League qualifier. Scott Wilson. No. This could be tough, couldn't it? I'll need to give you some oh, thinking time. Really Do you know tough. what? Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy moaned and moaned about because it was a similar one with Celtic last yeah. night. And then once they got going, they were banging them out the park. Land, Landry and Guemo and Kelvin Wilson and all. They were flying. Um, these ones, I think, actually are a bit harder. I don't know why. I just feel like a couple of the names on here, you'll be... Mm. Be going... Mm. Mm. Well, you mentioned five minutes ago Kirk Broadfoot No Alright I'll give you some more thinking time Let's speak to Charlie Who's in Hillington tonight Hi Charlie How we doing guys How are you getting on Not Hi, bad Charlie. at all How are you Charlie More importantly Ah not too bad Good um, I was listening there um, Obviously I'm a Rangers fan And Obviously Chris Buck used to play um, For the team and I always thought he was a good player, so when you said it was on, I was kind of interested. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about something that he said there. When someone makes a mistake, it's everyone else that suffers for it. Mm-hmm. So I was th- thinking with the postponement of games, um, both Aberdeen and Celtic, do you think the matches should be rescheduled or it should just be um, an automatic sort of loss or a disqualification because the situations could have been entirely avoided? It's not like it was weather, it's not like it was flooding It was entirely avoidable. Uh, Roger, what do you think? Well, the first game has already been rescheduled I think St Johnston are going to play Aberdeen now next Thursday night at McDermott Park um, There will be new dates set for the other games The other three games that have fallen this week I don't think there is an appetite at Hamden To take action as strong as that you know they're already hinting that it's going to be the individual players that will be punished and penalised tomorrow rather than the clubs um, I, I, I honestly in this of all seasons Charlie I can't, couldn't imagine um, the authorities at Hamden stripping teams of points Is that right though? I mean should they? You're saying you know you can't imagine it happening you don't think it will happen if, if you were in well, charge for instance he, he, Here's is it fair, would it be fair to take points off Celtic because Bolly Bolingoli went off radar and went to Malaga for a couple of days? Well, I suspect Charlie thinks so, given yeah. the, the way the question's been yeah, posed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. I think if, if, there, is, if there were to be repeat offences, which I think is highly unlikely, um, then you could bring that into the discussion. I think for one strike, I can't imagine it would be fair to take points off teams. Charlie, I take it you disagree? Not that it's to, you know, punish Celtic or Aberdeen, right? But if you look at it later down, um, some teams are already playing fixtures on Wednesdays and Saturdays. It's unfair in the teams that could be going through fatigue, um, that are getting rescheduling issues because of the actions of other teams. So the actions of a Celtic player and eight Aberdeen players could actually negatively impact 
some other teams mm. in the season that had nothing to do with it because of rescheduling. Do you know the thing about this is, Charlie, you are by no means alone. We've been inundated with tweets and phone calls making a, a similar point um, in the last couple of days. I wonder where the difference is then between fans and clubs because Jim Goodwin and St Mirren have been negatively affected by this. They've been one of the teams that haven't been able to play. But Jim Goodwin said, don't punish clubs. Brian Rice, one of the managers again who's been affected by it, Hamilton Ackies, they say, don't punish clubs. So even although these are the guys that have been affected, they're the victims, if you like, they're saying don't punish clubs, but fans still really want to punish clubs. Why do you think that is? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of get more against the Celtic situation than the Aberdeen uh, situation, because at the time going to the pub was allowed, um, and it's, that's about as much as I know of the situation, so I can't really say more than that. But the Celtic situation was, um, I don't want to say nuts, because the boys obviously just went out to have a good time, but it's not very aware of the current circumstances. So it's as... Well, I mean, Charlie, go, just to, to be accurate about it, going to the pub with seven other households or six other households and meeting up with them wasn't allowed. That's the whole point. And, well, the spirit of the bubble, um, obviously, I don't know their seating arrangements. They could have been sat separate. I just knew that eight people went to the pub, um, which I thought was, you know, that was legal at the time. Obviously, there's a bigger picture to that. Um, but, yeah, it was, they were both entirely avoidable situations, which, you know, should other teams in some way be penalised um, with double fixtures in a week when they could be fatigued? In a massive season, I can see I can see the arguments why people are coming on saying this, Gordon, because they'll say, "Well, clubs have got a, a responsibility to their players," and I do agree. But if you look at the situation, you can't just differ Celtics from Aberdeen. Both are in the wrong. Whether you think, well, they could have been sitting, you know, apart in the pub, or what, both are wrong. They're, they're in the wrong. Um, but to go and punish clubs, like so for instance. Let's take the Celtic one Because that's what Charlie's talking about Let's take the Celtic one here You've got a club I don't care if it's Celtic Rangers Marlborough, You've got a club that's doing everything in their power And you cannot be with a player 24 hours a day You're doing everything you can For safety measures Taking every box that's going Making sure that everybody's uh, Looked after at the training ground Preparation for games On the way to games Back after games You've broke broken no rules whatsoever you don't know what your players are doing And every club's the same You cannot monitor your players every single minute of the day And when you give players a day off or two days off You hope that you trust them to act responsibly So to go in now and talk about Well, deduct points and all this I, I totally agree it is punishing other clubs Like I feel sorry for St Man, Hamilton, teams like that It's missing games but mm. I don't think the answer is points, deduction Roger, again, I wonder if there's a difference in feeling here Between fans and well, Maybe some pundits but, but but then those within football Or within those who are making the decisions Because we had Jason Leach on the other night And he said by and large he was happy with the football authorities He was even happy with football clubs You know, he made it a sort of individual issue If you like Now this statement from the Joint Response Group today Says quite clearly um, that there will be a provision of sanctions For players who do not adhere to Covid-specific football protocols am, am I focusing too much on that word players Or does that suggest to you That there won't be a sanction towards the club? Well, 
it's a little bit Gordon like you know the strict liability that we talk about yeah exactly should should football clubs be held responsible for the actions of individual supporters um probably not um should football clubs be held accountable for the individual action of players probably not in in these circumstances you know if, if a footballer goes out and kicks a referee in the leg and gets sent off he's likely to get a 10 or 20 match ban but you know the club won't be docked points so you know individual players have to take responsibility for their own actions very difficult to hold the club responsible for you know any rogue elements Charlie you're not having it um, do you know something I don't actually blame Neil Lennon or Celtic it's entirely the players fault I'd never say anything otherwise it's just it's one of those things that is kind of it's a fine line of well, it was avoidable, so should we really just, you know, give them the chance to make it up and mess with the logistics of the league? Or, you know, as you say, it is unfair to dock the team of the player. It's one of those fine lines. I just wanted to see what you thought. I just wonder, Roger, how th- this is going to play out. Specific- because these are the two incidents incidents that we know of, right? And remember, it says tonight that this will encompass recent breaches. Now, the recent breaches we know of are the Aberdeen 8 and Bolly Ball and Golly. Yeah. Um, I am going to, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would put a fairly large wager, responsibly of course, that the office phone at the Scottish Sun headquarters has been ringing off the hook in the last few days from people saying, I saw this player at this pub and I saw this guy what? at a birthday party 100%. and I saw... I thought that might be the case. So... Is this where Although although Ball and Golly And the Aberdeen 8 We assume will be Sanctioned Is this where the This has to be a line in the sand And going forward Because doing it retrospectively Could be An almighty can of worms I, I always think Retrospective action And things like this It, it does open up A can of worms um, You could have Ball and Golly Suspended for three games Celtic would appeal To get it increased um, <laughs> Behave You could then have The Aberdeen <laughs> players Banned How, You know you ban eight players for two or three or four games, that really is undermining Aberdeen's entire season. Um, through no fault of Derek McInnes's, through no fault of Dave Cormack's, that could be something that you know, could have a, a, a really, really adverse effect on an entire club's entire season. So I would urge the Hamden authorities to think carefully Um I would suggest the best way to do it is to say, from this moment onwards, gentlemen, this is how we're dealing mm. with it. But I think it's a dangerous precedent to set to start looking backwards and penalising people retrospectively for alleged breaches of rules when those rules weren't really in mm. place at the time. I mean, Gordon, there's a lot that people don't understand mm. from what we've heard from the joint response group tonight, but I'll read that line again. It says, this will encompass recent breaches. I know what Roger's saying, but that doesn't sound like... They're going to overlook Ball and Golly or the Aberdeen players. Yeah, and I, I know what Roger's saying about the rules weren't in place, um, but I sort of disagree. I think that um, because of the nature and you know the seriousness of it, Gordon, I do think that if they're going to put rules in, I think the Aberdeen eight and Ball and Golly should fall into those uh, rules and regulations, and I think they should be punished accordingly. And I, I know Roger's argument and. We can, you know, people will have a different opinion. The rules weren't there mm-hmm. before. I totally understand that. But the way football is just now, 
and how it could affect our game, I think they've got to come in and I think it's right. The thing is, Roger, there's a lot going on here because if you are Aberdeen, um, and I'm not sure we're going to get Derek McInnes versus Nicola Sturgeon. I'm not sure that's the that's the debate we're going to get out of this. But by all accounts, Aberdeen were willing to quarantine those eight players and play without them for the next three games. But but the government stepped in and the government asked for the footballing authorities to cancel those matches. And now I don't know what the punishment would be, but imagine there was a case where Derek McInnes is now told you're going to be without you're going to be without those eight players, eight of your main players for. Four games Six games Whatever it may be That's going to be pretty tough For him to take Yeah and Is that a double jeopardy punishment um, In In putting off these games These Aberdeen games And the Celtic game And Celtic versus Aberdeen This Saturday That is As government would have it A shot across the bows of football This is the ultimate warning To everyone uh, To use Nicola Sturgeon To paraphrase her, her own words you know, she's given the yellow card and she's poised to give the red card the next time. But, you know, if you examine it from a football perspective as we do in this show, it's not really the punishment that Nicola Sturgeon might think it is because rather than missing eight players for three games, Aberdeen love the players back when football's actually restarted. So are the football authorities now thinking... Hang on a wee second We don't think this is enough of a punishment Football wise Let's ban them all We'll ban them from games as well I, I'm not sure that sits comfortably with me Charlie it's certainly a good debate There's a lot to unpick Thank you very much to Charlie in Hillington Have you got any on these? It is tough Name the six outfield players Since 96 who have made at least 30 Rangers appearances But they've never scored you, And it doesn't include the lower league years We've mentioned them there Derek McInnes No Is Ross McCrory one? Nope Is Kevin Thompson one? Nope Is... I don't know I'm going to need to give you clues on her What what my friend of the show Stevie Smith? No Full backs Arthur Newman? Okay I'll give you full backs Kevin Musket I'll give you full backs (gasps) Don't go too far back Don't go too far back We know Barisic has scored We know Tavernier has scored Um, 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 uh, The Liverpool boy Calm down John Flanagan John Flanagan John Flanagan You're up and running wow. One down Five to get We'll get them next As um, we'll also speak to Brian and Lennox too Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel are here It's the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard This is a really tough question tonight Some of you are doing quite well at this on Twitter Which is astonishing because it's really tough Looking for six players Outfield players since 96 Who've made 30 or more appearances for Rangers But they've never scored And it doesn't include the lower league years John Flanagan's the only one you've got Come on Roger, you've got one What about Henningberg? Yes, 30 appearances bang on for him No goals What about Ian Murray? Yes, 60 appearances oh. for Ian Murray and no goals. You're halfway there. Don't think he played enough. Andy Webster? No. I feel like he scored as well. So they were wrong in both. Paul Ritchie? No. Oh, oh, you know you know they're all defensive players, obviously. Mm. Um, I'll tell you one Scott, one more Scott to go, um, and two non Scots. Hmm. Dockery's not played there, is it? No, all defenders, I think. Defenders? Yes, I think so. Alright, let's speak to Brian and Lennox Town He's been hanging on for quite some time How's it going, Brian? Hi, not too bad, lads How are you? How are you? Is okay? Yeah, can't complain Can't complain What's your take on, on this coronavirus business, Brian And, and the potential punishments? Um, obviously, um, I'm a Celtic fan And 
Um, I mean, I'm absolutely disgusted at Ball and Goalie um, and his actions um, and just what's happened to my club. Um, and for me, um, I would, I know it sounds quite harsh, but I would kick the guy right out the door, um, to be perfectly honest. All this stuff they're talking about, loaning him out and all that, no. It's a breach of contract for me. Um, he knew the seriousness of this pandemic that everybody's in, not just footballers, but um, everybody's a human being. And it's really upset me to be quite honest because he's put everybody at risk. Brian, it's one of these one of these hypotheticals, and I I respect that you might turn around and say it doesn't matter because it, this isn't the case. Would you be so quick to sack him if it was a more prominent player in the Celtic team, a, a Odson Edward, for instance? Well, I everybody knows the rules. Um, the Celtic have worked hard to put protocol. Why Celtic have put protocols in place um, to ensure everybody's safety. Celtic are desperate. I'm a season ticket holder. Celtic are desperate to get me back into the stadium. Um, and the football club that they're known to be, um, they're trying to keep everybody safe. I, 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 I do. I'm really, I feel so strong about it. I, um, and I think he's done wrong. For the safety of day in Spain, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I, 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 the, the one thing that he's been punished with, I think that everyone knows that his Celtic career's over with. Now, you look at saying, well, just sack him. Um, Celtic invested a few quid into him. No, no, no. He's he's a breach of contract. See if I was to do that in my workplace. Yeah, but you're you're forgetting they paid some in the region of three million, Brian. So I think think in a football club, as much as I I do agree that the boy will never play again, he overstepped the mark. I'm all for giving people second chances, but that was just, that's beyond that. But, I think the, the, the way around this for Celtic, and they'll probably look at it, is if they can get him away and loan somewhere out of the country to another club, they pick up his wages. Um, hopefully that he plays well at that club or he's playing well enough that another club will show interest and they'll try and recruit some of the money back. But as far as his career goes at Celtic, that's certainly finished. Yeah, you won't see him playing for Celtic again. I, I don't think you'll see him anywhere near Celtic Park or Lennox Town again. He will be away either on loan or permanently within days. Yeah, but I don't think they'll just turn around, Roger. I think if they were going to sack him, they'd probably... Gordon, it's football. Somebody will pay money for him. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You, you heard Neil Warnock, the Middlesbrough manager, was in another radio station this morning saying he tried to sign him on loan last week. So people out there will, will look at him. They will want... A left somebody will want a left back, somebody will try and get him. Brian, final word to you. Um and it just upsets me that um also your last caller there, Charlie, um saying about deducting points and stuff. That's that's nonsense. Do you know what I mean? We want to get football up and running, we want to be Celtic against Rangers for challenging for Rangers are wanting the league, Celtic are wanting ten in a row. Let's get it on. Let's stop all the messing about and let's just go and see what happens this season. People have got to be sensible. Yeah, I mean, Roger, it's a debate that's is raged on all week. And let's be honest, um, it's picked up after the Celtic. I didn't hear, and but this is Glasgow, so I'm not I'm not accusing anyone of anything. We're a Glasgow radio station. I didn't hear quite as many calls for you know points deductions when it, when it was just Aberdeen. But when we add Celtic to the mix, everyone gets a bit more excited about well, it in this I, part of the world. Aberdeen don't have any points, Gordon. Yeah, but for the fixtures that they, they can't <laughs> fulfil. Um, 
No, I, 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 I understand. Are you be, detecting any we, any suggestion at all from anywhere that that's even a possibility? I no, know loads of fans n- want it, but not, none whatsoever. There's absolutely no chance there'll be points taken off Celtic because of volley ball and goalies. To use the, the word the club used, stupidity. Stupidity. Uh, there we go, uh, Gordon DL. Um, we're getting lots of interesting responses sure. to you sitting on your. No, I wasn't. I didn't go straight from stupidity to you. That that didn't yeah, mean. I think me... you did. No, no, I didn't I mean that. No, no, I didn't. I didn't mean that at all. Um, I'm looking at Twitter here, and <sighs> earlier on, just about maybe five o'clock, I went upstairs to grab myself some tea, and I looked out the window at uh, the car park because it's pretty quiet around here at the moment. Obviously, the, the restrictions in place, and I thought. Who's that old guy pulled up, that's pulled up a, a deck chair and is sitting in the office car park? And sure enough, it was you. Yeah. And you're sitting. So the, just to clear up, you actually brought your own deck chair, took it out your boot, and sat outside the office before you came in. I always carry it with me. Yeah. You always carry a deck chair. I always carry. Yeah. Right. Just in case the weather's nice. I arrived here a little bit early because I was wondering what light the traffic was, and I thought I'm not going to listen to you for an hour before we start. <laughs> Uh, Roger's not here yet I like a good conversation with Roger He's not here to make my coffee I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy the sun But I didn't know there's people spying Taking photographs of you Ridiculous Can, can I just ask as well I didn't get the opportunity to ask earlier You said you watched the Rangers game last night What's the matter with your MTV subscription? Why didn't you see Motherwell Livingston? Oh good point Well the reason the reason, and I've Because it comes with the season ticket Does yeah, it not? Exactly I've got a great answer for that Because I recorded that And I know <laughs> Recorded on. it on what? <laughs> my tape recorder And I know That at, um, Coming in here tonight We know what like it is Glasgow <laughs> It's all about Rangers or Celtic So I, re- I was really In my professional mode last night Well I hope you watched Good Because Stephen Robinson's <laughs> it, accusing it, it, some It was 2-2 two, two, by the way Stephen <laughs> Robinson's accusing Some of his own players Of believing their own hype After they twice let Slip a lead against Livingston It's just one point From three games Robinson says They need to sort themselves out People have bad games People make bad decisions And mistakes But when I see Some of the things I've seen in certain aspects of the game tonight, I just simply will not settle for it. This football club's been very good. A lot of people rescue people's careers, give them a platform. Um, listening to agents now and getting their heads filled full of absolute rubbish. They need to do it here first and foremost before anybody leaves this football club. And it's now I'm expecting a big reaction on, on Saturday. The actual results in the first two games didn't bother me too much. Yeah, we wanted obviously to win. The performances were good. Um, People can't be in the team every single week. We've got a good squad, very good squad. But when I see reactions like I did when people aren't in the team, then I won't. I won't have that. I won't have it. This club needs a lot more respect than that. There are positives there, mm. Gordon. Uh, scored first goals, got first points. David Turnbull back amongst the goals. Good goal. But nothing will change the the overall fact that after three games, a home one against Dundee United, a home one against a, a previously struggling Livingston side, Motherwell. Many people's tip for third. Um, are still sitting with one point Yeah and the uh, manager's not happy You can hear that Actually when I watched the end of the game last night as well Gordon in the final whistle When you could see the disgust in him He was absolute raging right down the tunnel He probably had a few chosen words to one or two of his players He's come out Vented his anger there in his, his press conference It's not been the greatest start But he's got to remember You look at Livingston What a season they had last year They've not got off to the best start either there's a few teams down there struggling. I don't know if it's just a case of trying to find getting used to different circumstances in football now. And it will take time for other clubs. Um, you look at Ross County, what a start they've got. Everybody, a lot of us in here have had them relegated. I still wouldn't change my mind. But as I say, Motherwell are disappointed, especially after the success I've been we, having. We spoke about the managerial manual. We were speaking about Stephen Gerrard earlier. 
in your managerial manual Third game of the season mm. Not a bit early to start caning your players the team, the team that took you to third place in the table last season Having spent Saturday on day two caning the media You guys, you guys will turn the negative on this So from the media getting it on Saturday Suddenly the players are getting it on the Wednesday night Yeah, he's a frustrated manager just now Because everything in the last couple of years Rogers has been going very smooth for him and he's he's had a lot of parts in the back Linked with different jobs So he's want to keep that reputation going I, I always excuse a manager Because there t- there's times after a game You've been in that dressing room He's probably had a real go at some of his players He's come out to face the press The adrenaline's still going He's still a bit angry There's still things there that he probably f- wanted to say in the dressing room And he's come out with it And next day you, get in, you have a chat with your players And say look Yeah it's not a great start Let's get going uh, it's too early to start worrying But I know what you're saying But I think the mother will have got enough good players To get that response And it was great to see young Turnbull getting a good goal last night Because those players will know who they are Won't they? When, when he talks about you know players having believing their own hype Or letting agents turn their head That that can only apply to a couple of guys within a dressing room They'll know it'll be, it'll be ones who have been linked with moves or, or whatever it may be It's not like that's It's not that cryptic is it? No, of course it's not. And I mean, to I, people who maybe don't follow the club, you would, maybe they won't know. But I think, you know, you can you can probably guess one or two. Yeah, when you go, guess the two of you. A couple of Motherwell fans. You get, guess who do you think? Who could it possibly be? Chris Long. Really? You've signed a new contract. Well, I'm just thinking about guys who who maybe you know were on the verge of going elsewhere. And by the way, it could be completely wrong. So that's mm. why I didn't really want to mention it because that would be unfair on him. But. You know, it can't. It well, you look at you look at the main one is probably well. Tom, he praised Tom, he praised David Turnbull, Tom praised Alan and, Campbell, and, uh, so you know it's not them. Yeah, because he got a good goal. Campbell Jordan got White a goal. as well, didn't yeah. he? So, um, so who else has had hype? You know that that's what that's what it becomes, and people start start guessing like me. But anyway, very, I, th- I think very very interesting. I'll tell you why as well because there are some big awkward fixtures coming up for Motherwell starting on Saturday away at Hibs live in the telly Saturday night 100% record for Hibs if Motherwell lose that where does Stephen Robinson turn his eye off then? Okay uh, right you've got a couple of them we've got three more to get in the teaser you better hurry right, up here we go go two non-scots one Scott yep. oh, what about Jockey Bjorklund yes brilliant well done 83 appearances no goals he used to play alongside him like Gordon Petty no 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 no, no. Colin no. Henry yes well Which done is... <laughs> One to get Come on Roger so, A non-Scott A non-Scott Give us a little clue this Gordon a good win. Uh, The clue is There is not a chance In we'll hell that you could spell his surname Smith Draglan Bladenovic Nope I've never heard of him I, I would love to see you try and spell this surname I ain't gonna harm well, Give us initials I'll oh, get that. Who signed them? Z K. Zach. <laughs> Zurab Kishnashvili. Zurab Kishnashvili. Give it a go, Gordon. What would you guess? Go. Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something. There's absolutely no chance. <laughs> Come on, it's a normal smelling, does. No, it's just, I'm, I'm not getting nah, down that road. It's just as it sounds, Keisha Brilliant. Thank you, Gordon DL and Roger Hanna. We are back tomorrow at six o'clock. Hugh Keevens, of course, in the studio on a Friday night. Make sure you join us. Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>